Hey, this is Joe McCall, and this is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. From your car, cue the music. All right, guys, hope you like the tunes. Uh, I'm in my car right now, working from home. I just wanted to go get some lunch somewhere else. I didn't want to eat at home, eat at home a lot. And uh, you know, I've been walking every day with this new stand-up treadmill. I have a stand-up desk and a, stand, uh, a treadmill underneath it. It's really, really cool. And I've been walking an average of three, four miles a day. <clears throat> and so I've been losing a little weight. It's pretty cool, but I'm kind of sabotaging myself because I just want a hamburger from Hardee's. So I went to Hardee's, got a hamburger. Anyway, you don't. that's not why you're listening to this. I wanna talk about two reasons why your house will not sell. And really, there are only two reasons why your house won't sell. Number one is it's not priced right. Or if you're doing seller financing, it's the terms aren't right. But still, it's not priced right, okay? Or number two, you're not getting it out in front of the right buyers. So it doesn't matter if the house is ugly or dysfunctional or a rundown shack. There's a price that everything will sell for, for the most part, okay? I say for, for the most part because there have been times when I couldn't even sell a house for 250 bucks. But uh, generally speaking, right, you shouldn't be targeting those homes in those neighborhoods anyway. But there's only two reasons why a house won't sell. It's not priced right or you're not getting it in front of the right buyers. For the most part, if you get a pretty beat up house or an obnoxious house or a house with a weird layout maybe it you know it's missing it doesn't have any bathrooms or something there's still a there's still a number that you'll sell that house for it may, maybe it's negative like there's still a number like if you paid them to buy your house from you then you can sell it which by the way if you've ever talked with a seller and you're just not getting anywhere on price or they owe too much and they're super motivated you just need to ask them listen how much would you be willing to pay me to buy your house. It's okay to ask that, right? And we've had sellers do that before. Actually pay us money to buy their house and take it away from them. Take it off their hands. <clears throat> All right, so let's talk about this a little bit. I get questions a lot from coaching clients um, on Facebook, different <clears throat> people that I work with. Why won't this house sell? I'm doing everything right. But you dig a little deeper and there's always something that they're not doing right. And usually, it's the price. Probably nine times out of ten. Well, maybe seven times out of ten. It's the price. It's just not cheap enough. Um, so what do you do to fix that? Well, first thing is go back and renegotiate a new price. If you're doing all these things I'm going to tell you to sell a house, whether it's a lease option or a wholesaling deal, and if you haven't found a buyer in two to four weeks, then something is wrong. It's either you don't have at the right price or you don't have it in front of the right buyers so when it comes to selling a house there's a few things you got to do number one bandit signs super important bandit signs work I'm telling you they work how bad do you want it how bad do you want to sell this house and make some money if you don't want it that bad that's fine just don't put any signs out and you'll do fine but signs sell homes I don't care if it's illegal 
<laughs> just did an interview <clears throat> with Gregory Hodges and I interviewed him on episode 134 and I just interviewed him again a second time he's actually in Paris <laughs> traveling around Europe he had a flight that was supposed to go back today and he just said F it in typical Gregory language and said I'm staying and he's he's uh, burning the boats he's staying in Europe just wants to travel and he's been doing deals he's actually tying up properties and flipping them while he's there it's you, you probably by the time you're listening to this I've already have released his interview it was man it was so good so anyway he was talking about in episode 134 <clears throat> he got so sick and tired of being broke he said F it and I'm using the clean version <laughs> You know, he said, and he just did a ton of bandit signs. And he says, like, what's the worst that can happen? I go to jail. I go to jail, so what? F it. It doesn't, it's not any better than what he's in now. He was so sick and tired of being broke. Well, so bandit signs. Okay, if you're worried about breaking the law, that's good. I respect that. Just do it on weekends. But stick signs out there, okay? Number two, Craigslist. Get your house on Craigslist. Advertise it. Okay, number three, Zillow. It used to be postlets. I'm not sure if you have an old postlets account. Maybe you can still do it, but uh, get your property on Zillow. Get it on Trulia, on Hotpads, and all those different websites. Get it out there. All right. <clears throat> if, now, specifically for a lease option, if you haven't sold a house doing signs, doing Craigslist, doing Zillow, then something's wrong. Let's say you're doing regular traditional wholesaling. Um, buyer's lists. Now, buyer's lists are important for lease options but not as important as traditional wholesaling. Um, so always be building your buyer's list. I <clears throat> always, always, always be building your buyer's list. So, and I, I've talked about this before in different podcasts, so let me just touch on it real briefly. Um, you should know within a couple weeks when you get a house under contract if the price is good because <clears throat> your buyers, if you have been building your buyer's list like you should be, they would have told you by now, this is not a good deal. I'm not interested. And, you know, if you have to, like, bend over backwards and take them out for dinner at the most expensive restaurant, you know, whatever you can do to bribe them and tell them and get them to tell you what price would you buy it for. Don't just let a buyer tell you I'm not interested. No, you've got to be persistent and adamant and insist that they tell you what, what price would you be interested in this house for. So every buyer you talk to about a property, you've got to be adamant and to ask them over and over and over again and pester them until they get so mad at you, they'll just tell you <clears throat> why they wouldn't buy the house, what price they would buy it for. All right? So don't just take a no and hang up. You've got to be adamantly, persistently figuring out why they say no. So <clears throat> for traditional wholesaling, you've got to have good buyers, right? So. You call the buyers up. Don't just send them email blasts. Call them. Pick up the phone. That's another thing we talked about on the podcast today. It was so funny. Gregory was just getting on. You know, he gets sick and tired of people telling him, well, I talked to about five people a day. That's not enough, guys. That's not enough. If you want to do deals, you need to be talking to 50 people a day. How bad do you want it? You got to listen to that episode. If you haven't listened to it yet, just go to Real Estate Investing Mastery and do a search for Gregory. <clears throat> So call the buyers. I mean, if you have 100 buyers on your buyers list, which you should, I mean, that's one of the first things any new wholesaler should do is get 100 buyers on their buyers list. Now, how do you do that? You pick up the phone and you call people. It's not hard. 
So go through your buyer's list and call them. Don't just email them. Call them about the property. You may find a buyer that's an investor who has another deal. They maybe aren't buying, but they got a deal they want to sell. Well, guess what? You can wholesale that deal. Co-wholesale it with them. Partner with them on it. All right, so uh, call your buyers and talk to them, right? The Another thing I like to do is I like to send uh, letters to investors who bought homes recently in the area. You can pull that up from ListSource. You can get that from the MLS. So send them letters. Pretend you're a desperate, motivated seller. I got this house at 123 Main Street. I've got to get it sold today. I've been trying to sell it. I've not got any interest. I need this thing sold yesterday. The taxes are paid. The title is clear. Call me right now. I'm desperate. Handwrite that and send it to 100 investors that live that have rental properties in the area, okay? Second thing is look at all the rental properties that are listed for sale in your area and call them. Call the rental ads. Call the property managers. Look at all of the properties that sold recently to investors in the area on the MLS and call the listing agents. Uh, the listing agents who sold the property and the buyer's agent who brought the buyers. Get on the phone and hustle. So if you have a house that hasn't sold and the price is good and you've been putting, you have good buyers, you have no excuse why you haven't been able to sell that property. Don't blame it on the market. Blame it on you. It's your fault. <laughs> All right? And, and and by the way, don't be afraid to go back and renegotiate with the seller. It's okay. You're gonna have to, you know, lick your wounds and humble yourself a little bit. Uh, what's the phrase I'm looking for? Like kill your pride. But uh, you can go back and renegotiate with the seller and apologize. I know some investors that I don't do this, but they renegotiate every single deal. But if you can't sell it within a couple weeks because you've been pestering your buyers and they're telling you what they would or wouldn't pay for the house, then. You can, and if you're in it too high, just go back to the seller and renegotiate. All right. Let's see anything else. I'm just telling you, if you do those things, you're going to sell every single property you have, and you're building your buyers list as you go. So my takeaways: always be building your buyers list. Always, always, always. No matter what kind of business, like if you're doing rehabbing or short sales or wholesaling or lease options, and you're looking for tenant buyers, always, always be marketing for buyers. It's super critical and important. And in fact, I tell you, if you're new to the business, you should build your buyers list first. Build your buyers list first, find out what they're looking for, and then go get it for them. All right? So if you've got any questions or comments or reviews, let me know. I have a new hotline. If you have questions or if you want to leave me some feedback, uh, maybe I'll play it on the show or I'll talk about your question. Or if you've got some complaints about the music, call this number. six three. You can actually call or text this number, 636-255-8815. Again, 636-255-8815. Cool? All right, guys. Take care. I'm out of here. Oh, yeah. By the way, big shout out to Cody Sperber. <laughs> big shout out to Cody. I The other day I did a podcast and I said, uh, take care, comb your hair. And someone said, hey, Cody says that. Yeah, I got it from Cody. But I did. I have a friend out of Springfield, Missouri that says it as well. So uh, I did hear Cody say it the other day. And I thought that's pretty funny. And so that's why I say that sometimes as well. So take care, comb your hair. See you later.